0: welcome to worth reading wednesdays here at the columbus lounge public library system this is a podcast hosted by clpls librarians about books we're reading and recommending and anything else that has caught our attention good morning
1: good morning
0: how are you doing
1: doing the best today. It's raining and my sinuses are crushing my eye sockets, my uh, muscles that are like in the teeth, like my gums hurt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, there. I'm you're, just like yeah, you're, barely hanging on by a thread because uh, of this different weather we've got. Plus it's supposed to be a little chilly today, so I'm just like... Yeah, I hate Mississippi weather sometimes. Like, I, I really, You know how you used to say that you get mad at the wind? I get mad when the weather goes up and down and it just doesn't stay consistent.
0: Well, you know what part of the season we're in, right? Yeah. We're in the pollening. I know. It's right after false spring, and then the pollening. The false spring. False spring. Spring has not actually come yet.
1: Like, for instance, I thought we had our cold snap last week or week before last. No, our cold snap is this week. I,
0: I, because I am trying to be a responsible plant mama, Mm -hmm. I Googled the almanac. Let me tell you what, I've never cracked an almanac (laughs) in my life. Really? And I Googled it to see when, like, the last frost would be Mm -hmm. because it was, like, on my instructions for seeding my plants mm-hmm. it was saying you know don't put it outside until the last frost is over with oh. they marked april the 2nd for the last frost wow so i was no, i i was prepared for this yeah. i felt like my grandpa watching <laughs> the weather channel like he'd always have that what uh that channel on when i was mm-hmm. little and i never understood it cuz it always played like classical jazz in the background <laughs> and i was like how is this w- worthy of watching you know the forecast. You move on. But no, he'd keep it there. And I'd be like, I'd, I'd develop a twitch, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but now I'm just like, it's come full circle. I yeah. have reached a new level of adulthood. Aww. Last night, I finished my strawberries before any of them rotted. Really? Oh. I feel like I've peaked. I can go no higher, honestly, <laughs> because my produce is actually being eaten before yeah. it spoils in the fridge. oh
1: adulthood look at you
0: it only took me a couple years to get that
1: (laughs) that's okay we all have our epiphany moments sometimes a little earlier sometimes a little later
0: yeah and i got new patio furniture
1: and i was like yes but it's raining and it's raining all over my patio furniture and i was hurt well i needed to put mine out in the rain because when i wanted to go out monday afternoon It was pollen everywhere all on it, so I didn't even think to sit it out to get, you know, rinsed off, but yeah.
0: Well, mine was brand spanking new, clean right out of the box, and now it's just getting rained on, and my husband was like, it's patio furniture. (laughs) That's what it does, and I was like, stop being such a man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want my furniture to get wet.
1: Yeah, I get
0: it. Yeah, so well, I was ready for this to come, and it will not phase me. Yeah. And I got my vaccination, and my arm feels like it's going to fall off. Aww. It's super sore. I have, no, I have, like, no symptoms. Were but... you able to sleep on it? No,
1: not really. Yeah, me either for my first one. Which one did you get? Uh, Pfizer? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got the Pfizer, too. I just I really don't do well with shots.
0: I'm so dramatic yeah. about it. Like, knock off 20 years, and mm-hmm. I'm six years old again. Aww. And the dude was like, squish, squish to my arm. And I was like, <laughs> sir. But he's really quick about it. I just really, I'm, cockroaches and needles are my two really? biggest irrational fears. Like, I get violently sick around a cockroach
1: and I don't like needles to the point well, where, yeah. It's stupid. I can do it. I just don't look when they, when they do it. I just, I, I just prefer not to look um, when they do it. The only times I have a problem with needles is like, well, for instance, when, you know, well, when I had the the kids and they had to put butterfly needles in for their IV and one, they tried to do it and they couldn't get it in one arm. They tried to go to the other one. And one of them made me scream. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I am in labor. This hurts. Can you find somebody else? And they're like, well, let's put it in your hand. And that hurt even worse, but they were able to get it in the hand. Yeah, that's the only time I have problems with needles. Yeah. Wow. We we were just All over the place. All I'm over sorry. the place this morning. <laughs> I that's feel like okay. We we okay. It. I think we did too. But I'm just glad that we're all here and, you know, up and about this morning. Yes. So I've got one that I think you're going to love that um. I didn't even know was the one you were talking about in a previous episode. Yeah. But I happen to come across this because of the fact that it seemed interesting with this hand on the front with a sun right in the middle. And I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Anyway, this one is called Clara and the Sun, a novel. And it's by Kazuo Ishiguro. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right?
0: Yes. Yay! And
1: it's the... it's He's also the winner of the Nobel Prize in Literature. Didn't even see that part. <laughs> it's also a Good Morning America book club pick. And... I picked this one to bring because it just says that it's about an artificial friend who kind of watches people come in and out of this particular place in a store. And she's hopeful that customers will, like, start to talk to her. But when the possibility comes, all right, she's warned not to invest too much time in humans because... They're human. <laughs> and they change and all that good stuff like that. But um I was like, that sounds really neat when I read the inside. And so I was like, okay, I definitely want to put this in the hands of somebody. And sure enough, you were the right hands to Look put it here. in.
0: You know how I told you he he makes it like the psychology of he like he really plays with mm-hmm. the psychology of you know, memory, and mm. did you really remember that? Or And he, like, plays with the way people interact with each other. Like, he mm-hmm. never let me go. That's the one that's based on um, these school kids grow up together, and they find out that they were essentially, and I I apologize if you don't know this story. Please skip ahead. I'm going to kind of spoil it a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, they find out that they were bred mm-hmm. They're not actually, you know, they didn't have any family. They grew up in an orphanage of, of sorts, mm-hmm. and they were bred to give their organs to other people to be harvested. Oh, wow. So this kind of sounds like um, an, in that same vein, mm-hmm. if she's an artificial friend mm-hmm. with outstanding observational qualities. You said that sounded fun, and I was like, the hairs on the back of my neck stood <laughs> up. I was like, oh,
1: gosh. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've liked a couple of sci-fi-ish movies that deal with artificial intelligence and that just kinda piqued my interest. Didn't even know that was your favorite guy that you like to read. I just was like, that just sounds different. So I was like, let me just Well he just he's just maybe
0: it's because I don't read a lot of Japanese authors but Mm -hmm. It's just something about him it's just he's in it yeah. like i said before he's in a class of his own he does well i
1: did put it in sci-fi so i hope that's a good class to put it in yeah yeah okay. for sure
0: for sure yeah. um, cuz never let me go is supposed to be sci-fi but it's in like it's our young adult because it's a young mm-hmm. adult not but it is like a sci-fi story
1: oh, okay um, now this one will be in our adult yeah. sci-fi fantasy section but it's a new book so we'll hopefully have it out on the front shelf for people to look at and hopefully decide to pick it up you know we don't have a lot of people picking up a lot of sci-fi and fantasy and that's sad i think maybe even i need to do a little bit better
0: yeah we'll have to start highlighting some more how about maybe a sci-fi fantasy episode yeah sure. we'll have to do that but this reminds me also there's a video game called i think it's called either humans of detroit or just detroit and it mm-hmm. was my husband got the ps5 And it was, like, a free game on there. Mm. And, Nicole, when I tell you the graphics on that game, I will have to show you a video. I recommend, even if you're not a video game player, just go Google this game Mm -hmm. and look at the graphics of it. Basically, it's centered around these droids are an artificial – they're, like, it's – in Detroit, mm. in like 2050 or whatever. And Detroit, instead of going into the motor business, it, like that whole part has collapsed. Detroit has officially collapsed. And what they did to revive their economy was become the epicenter for creating droids. Mm. And these droids look exactly like humans. Wow. And they're there to be your everything you need. And they come in different models. And there are stores for them. Mm. And, you know, they're there for all kinds of uses. Yeah. Not PG and PG. Oh. Like, so, the The video game is, like, you're going through a story, and mm. that's what that reminded me of when you said that she was an artificial friend, was that, and that, like, the game is kind of creepy in that, like, people can abuse their droids mm. and get away with it, because they, Aww. and it really plays with the question of what is a human? Mm. You know, if a droid has sentient feelings, mm. should you give it its own rights? Because, Okay. The whole story is about like the rights be-
1: between droids and humans, and it, it rings a lot of the my, one of my very favorite artificial intelligent movies, um, *Bicentennial Man* with mm-hmm. Robin uh, Williams love 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 that movie love the fact that he advocated for wanting to be his own person to Mm -hmm. and he advocated to actually be considered a human he didn't get that right until like a few seconds before he died but needless to say i mean it's the same
0: concept for sure yeah Yeah. i mean and do you know the actor jesse williams yes he lends his likeness it looks like jesse williams you're just walking around playing jesse williams in a in, a, in like a video game. game okay and then uh there's also another actress who's one of the main droids in the storyline and she played in uh she played the girlfriend of the guy in the wheelchair in um oh friday night lights i think her name's like M- minka kelly or something oh okay you know who i'm talking about i
1: kind of got a visual well she's
0: one of them too okay. and you're playing like three different droids okay at the same time you have three storylines so you don't get bored I just like I'm not a video game player unless it has a heavy storyline yeah because I like the story I don't like to just shoot people right exactly Um, and it's very cool like that I think I might be wanting to try something like that because I mean I like storylines I like it was very fun like on my day off Devin was working and I just sat down and played that game because (laughs) you can go back and replay it and One of the coolest parts of it that I think readers would really appreciate is that it, when you're done with a scenario and Mm -hmm. you've walked through it and you've ended the chapter, Mm -hmm. it goes back and shows you the choices you didn't make and what those, like it gives you a chart and it shows you the choices you made and what they led to, and then it shows you all the choices you didn't make and where that
1: could have gone. Oh, wow. So it's like the... Books that we used to choose have. Your back in choose your own adventure. Yeah. Oh, I used to love those books like that.
0: Okay, i might yeah. have to check that out. Yeah, it's I'll really like fun. I may or may not have caused the death of One Droid in the first time around <laughs> because me and Devin were playing it together and he was like, You choose this one. And it was like a weird, like we had a couples game moment. I don't know how that happened, but he's like, You choose, was what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And it was like, You have to make snap decisions. And I ended up accidentally murdering somebody, <laughs> and it shows you like what and like when we went, the chapter ended and it showed like what could have happened <laughs> had she been alive. I was like, no, nah! <laughs> and so like I went back to play it to see if I could keep her alive.
1: Yeah,
0: and I did, and it was like the I'm still playing it. Like I haven't. Uh, what's the game again? It's called Detroit. Detroit. I okay, think so I'm I'll have the link to it in okay. the show notes for sure. But it's either Humans of Detroit or just Detroit, and yeah. um, it was just. The graphics was were what got me. It looks like you're playing real people.
1: So if y'all liked uh, or liked hearing all about the <laughs> video game and other books by Kazuo Ishiguro, you need to check this out. Again, mm-hmm. it's called Clara and the Sun. Uh, it is a Good Morning America pick, and um, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. just wanted to make a mention of one of y'all's favorites. Uh, Janet Ivanovich has another one out. Um, it's That's called no The Bounty. Hair. Yeah, this is, an, this is a Fox and O'Hare novel. I'm getting a little worried about Miss Ivanovich. They're getting smaller. Like, is she running out of words? No, I think she's just like... Transitioning?
0: May need a break. I don't know. I hope Maybe she, she doesn't needs retire. A break. But Fox and O'Hare's always kind of been that size, though. I oh, would, really? Okay. Yeah, Fox and O'Hare is about an FBI agent and uh, a con man. And yeah. they have to team up together. And it is hilarious. It's oh, okay. great.
1: Well, the, um, it has a picture of the Eiffel Tower in France. So this one might be pretty cool if you want to pick this one up. It's a suspense. And hopefully it'll be out on the shelf pretty soon. And then the last one, I have been debating whether or not I'm going to go back and watch Bridgerton again. Oh. Because... I just I keep thinking about it and I'm waiting for the next season and then they keep putting these teasers out and then I'm like, okay, I need to go back and rewatch. But then it's like, that's so silly and that's so childish to go back and rewatch. No, Cause really not. you're going back to watch The Duke of Hastings, it's but not. it's fine. So but anyway, I picked this one up, uh, called The Windsor Knot by S. J. Bennett, because It says right above the picture of of the outline of a queen with her crown on. It says, Her Majesty the Queen investigates. So I was like, "Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. and then because I like to play on words, the winds or not. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, let me just grab this one. And it's a mystery. And we have a lot of suspense books, but we don't have as much as mystery like. Mystery has to be. I think our our circulation coordinator once told me mystery has got to be as close to Sherlock Holmes, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. to be considered mystery. Other than that, it's going to be mostly mystery. So again, that's called The Winds Are Not by S. J. Bennett, and it is the Queen who's going to be investigating something that's not going right.
0: I'm a low key, like fascinated by the royal family. I'm not gonna start talking really? about it because I'll go on, and I've already talked a lot.
1: Well, I was in highly invested when Princess Diana was involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I did literally cry when Princess Diana was killed in a in that car accident. And my husband, he said he remembers because I was like laying on the couch, boohoo, and like I knew her. Like this was
0: it happened. <laughs> it happened the year I was born.
1: Really? Oh wow! I was. Just whole, I was a mess. Like, I did the same thing with uh, when when, uh, Whitney Houston passed away. Um, It was just, Mm -hmm. I find myself connected to some people, and it's just weird. Yeah, I understand that. But But, it's um,
0: very Queen Elizabeth-esque. Like, she would be the one to
1: investigate something. You think so? She'd be like, let (laughs) me get to the bottom of this. I don't have time. Y'all are in my way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, those are my three new books that I wanted to highlight for us today. Do
0: you have any new ones today? Yeah, I wanted to pull the ones that we got for the International Paper grant.
1: Cool. So,
0: these are some non-fictions that we got because we applied for a grant with International Paper. And the goal on to the goal was to update our children's non-fiction. A mm-hmm. lot of it was kind of out of date, and while history doesn't change, it gets added to, so we needed to update some things here and there. And right. I also wanted to expand our Native American offerings and just get, like, some new perspectives. And while one of these, I believe, is going to be in the 390s, and then the other one's in the 952s of our juvenile nonfiction. Mm -hmm. And so the first one I have is The Traditional Stories of the Southeast Nations. It's part of the Native American Oral Histories series, and it's by Carla Mooney. And it's literally just giving you you know, what were the Southeast nations? And mm-hmm. there's all kinds. There's the Mississippi Choctaw. Mm-hmm. There's the Catawba, the Eastern Cherokee, and all kinds of different tribes. And it lays them out for you in what states you uh, they would have been located mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And it tells you about their beliefs, how they told their stories, because most of the Native nations are very oral. They were not, mm-hmm. you know, putting things on paper right. like we want them to be today. And right. so there's also a lot of cultural... Information here, so like how they started to use corn mm-hmm. in their everyday lives, why they build mounds, mm-hmm. um, what the importance of corn was, you know, and how the trickster tales got started, right, and things like that. So it really educates you in an like I think it's a respective way to learn more about the culture. Yeah, and I think we needed more of this in our
1: section. I we did too. Yeah, um, not a lot of information to find so that children can, you know, again, learn about other cultures and be able to appreciate people other than themselves. Mm-hmm. And not just that, I think that it's pretty cool because of the fact that it gives them a chance to go and look for, well, I, I guess I just kind just said that, but to go and look for other cultures other than themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. the kids are very interested in Asian culture. Well, I know that my daughter is. Mm-hmm. Um, Kayla is highly into manga and anime. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like the thing right now. But I think with books like this, it gives them, again, another culture, another rich culture to go and look into Definitely. if they see it.
0: Yeah, and so it's, it's only about 45 pages or so, so it's a great beginning point for anybody, whether you're being homeschooled or you're looking for a book to support some... Um, information that you're trying to gather for a report Mm -hmm. but at the very end it does offer some summaries it asks which i greatly appreciate it asks the reader to stop and think for themselves Mm -hmm. and it gives you different prompts like why do i care about this. Like, why do I care about Native American oral histories? Mm -hmm. Surprise Me is another prompt, and it says think about what you learned, what three facts did you find most surprising,
1: Okay, write a
0: short paragraph about each. So it almost functions kind of in a textbook sense. Like, it gives you some assignments to do if you're really into it. And at the very end, it gives you your glossary, gives you further sources, books, and websites, and an index. So I just thought they're very informative, and they're up to date. These are yeah. 2018s. Yeah. They're current as current can be, right. <laughs> in my opinion, of what you're going to find about this culture and what you're going to need to know. So mm-hmm. if you were to ever go into you know a reservation, you may need to know a little right. bit about how you need to conduct yourself. Right. If mm-hmm. you're going to go there to honor them. Right. And you don't want to cause any kind of undue offense right right exactly just because you're you're not knowledgeable right about it. exactly so. I'm not saying a kid would, you know, have that level of thought of, like, I need to. But it would be cool to, even for an adult. You know, I'm always an advocate for adults looking at the children's nonfiction to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. Because
0: it's a great way to just get a quick snapshot of what you're looking for. And then you can move on to the adult. Exactly.
1: So this is, uh, I think it would be a really great book for, like you said, homeschooling. But also for any teachers that are wanting to supplement. I I think one of the very first times I actually remember just from my brain right now, in my 45-year-old brain, was when we had to take Mississippi history in in middle school Mm -hmm. and they touched on a little bit of native Americans, but it wasn't a lot. Mm -hmm. I think I would have been appreciated because this was a large set that you were able to get a super large set that gives, Mm -hmm a large amount of information from all different kinds of nations. And so I just, I mean, I think it's just a wealth of good knowledge just to have.
0: Yeah, I did pull just one book, but like Nicole said, it's a huge set. It covers all the nations that covered the entire North American continent. Yep. So the next one I have is... Mm history's hot shot. Samurai yeah. strong and steady warriors.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was like a commercial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it it looks like it has that comic book pop out yeah. on it and you know, you samurais on the front. This is in the nine twenty fives and this was also part of another set that we purchased and it just goes through of how samurais were begun or the origins of of samurais. Mm-hmm. Gives you a little timeline and it really plays into that comic book style of Maybe pop art? Yeah, pop art, kind of, yeah. yeah. So it talks about the birth of how the samurai got started in Japan, how they were used in war, mm-hmm. the end of the samurai age, and how you, beca- you became a samurai, mm. and what your duties were, and then like how women were okay
1: expected to act during that age, which I find very inclusive. Just from looking at page 19, it says samurai wives were expected to use these weapons to defend their homes and families if attacked. Well, go ahead, girls. Yeah, and it says higher-status wom- women also learn
0: how to fight with short swords called naginadas. Okay. So those are the shorter—it almost looks like a a, a wee b- a baby samurai sword. <laughs> like it, sh- it was shrunk or something, and yeah. they they tied them in their backs. Okay. Because I found that looking in Asian cultures, women actually had a lot of rights— Mm -hmm. before you know imperialism and colonialism took over um they actually were very independent but anyways it goes forward and talking about how the samurais live what were their code of honor what they even looked like go it even oh this is so cool yeah so on page 23 it actually breaks down the samurai's uniform and tells you what each part was called so, it looks like the horned part of the samurai's helmet. I'm going to try to pronounce this the best way possible. It looks like it was a kuagata. Yeah. Um, it, the obi was the belt.
1: Yeah. So,
0: it gives you all kinds of information about just this one specific topic
1: and oh, that's
0: a beautiful sword yeah lays out the swords for you gives you little hot shot facts right and it tells you how they were in battle and how they're depicted today in our culture mm-hmm. and i mean again like i said this is another one of those books that we got in the series it's not yeah. even 35 pages long it gives you a glossary in the back it gives you online resources to follow but it's just a great little chunk of information yeah,
1: that can keep with. a definitely a young a young man's interest mm-hmm. into something like that. You know, I think there was even another one with martial arts. I think mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. sure, but um, we got I one just love like
0: boys. Yeah, think, and the samurai—they're all like, what if? I mean, this series specifically, History's Hot Shots, is definitely built towards your young male readers. Yes, for sure. Um, because it's all like action fighter right. people you see in culture, but that doesn't necessarily mean that a oh, yeah. a young female reader for sure. wouldn't.
1: Well, I'm going to move on to my read and recommended. Okay. Um, I only have one that I have read, but I want to mention the two that I would definitely recommend. Yay. The first one is tiny, but it's, I feel like it's the most important out of the three, mm-hmm. This is called The Hill We Climb, an inaugural poem for the country by Amanda Gorman, and it has a forward by Oprah Winfrey. It's tiny packed, but I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful just packaging for the inauguration of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. And I just thought it was so cute. I bought two of them. One will be here in our adult nonfiction section in the 800s, and one will be at the Caledonia Library. And I'm I, it's shortened to the point. But if you were moved when you watched the inauguration of them, I mean, by her poem, it's worth picking up and rereading. Mm-hmm. I think a teacher would love to be able to have this in their classroom for a minute to just kind of dissect it with their students Uh, whether it's history or whether it's English or anything of that sort I think anybody can appreciate the way that not only she she gave her her poem to the world that day and just how eloquently she spoke Um, in fact I heard she had was it a stuttering problem once before I don't know I I Read or heard that she did have a slight speech impediment, kind of like Joe Biden does. You know that Biden also has a small speech impediment, and he has, that's why you'll hear him pause sometimes mm. uh, just a tad bit so that he can gather his thoughts before he goes to the next point, and that they slow his what's prompt, the thing, prompt down mm-hmm. just a little bit so that he can, you know, get, come back to it, you know, and speak clearly on it. And that that's why she was chosen for Aww. her poem was because they had that kind of connection like that. So, again, I think this is a really – it's super tiny. It's about 25 pages. Yeah. It's a great purse book. Like,
0: if you just exactly stick it in your purse for a day when you need it. Exactly. Well, I guess for men. You know, y'all got pockets that are bigger than your this book. book bag. So.
1: Your book your, your satchel. Yes.
0: Um, and you know what? I what? find the most – this is such a, like, nitpicky design thing, but I worked in design – the book cover and the dec- like the decorative elements are the same color as her outfit the day oh, really? she wore. Yeah, so her outfit, yeah, she wore that yellow is. jacket and the red headband. Yeah,
1: that's and a good nod to that. It, I love that. I do too. Like you wouldn't know it if you didn't watch right, it. You right, right. You would not know. I, I think I was so entranced by her poem and her delivery that I didn't even... All I I do remember her headband. I remember mm-hmm. that. I thought that was I've just really seen so many beautiful. little
0: girls wearing a, a similar right. outfit that, like, the outfit alone is going to stick in my head for years. Right. Because so many girls... Like, I follow her on Instagram, okay. and she would share all the um, little girl costumes that came out after (laughs) she did that and it was adorable yeah so
1: So that was the hill we climb an inaugural poem for the country by amanda gorman with a forward by oprah winfrey and then what's next nicole well gosh i had to be sure to bring this one our former First Lady, Michelle Obama, she has put out an adapted version of Becoming for her young readers. Yes. And it's still nice and thick. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that any young adult would love to be able to read this, learn more about our first African-American First Lady, how she became the woman that she became Outside of the presidency, you know, but beforehand when she was, you know, just a a youngster starting out into in her career Mm -hmm. and then later the rise of her connecting with uh, former President Barack Obama and then their children and all the good other things about it. I just feel like that this is a treasure to have. If you have a young person, you're looking for uh, some kind of inspirational gift, you know, college graduation coming up, high school graduations. I think this will be a perfect book to give them just to get them started and to see, you know, the time it will take to become the person that they need to be. If I was still teaching, I honestly would, you know, find a couple of students that I just really wanted to inspire to keep keep pushing forward to become any and everything they want to become this will be one of the books that I would definitely purchase to give to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. So again, that is Becoming Adapted for Younger Readers by former First Lady Michelle Obama. And then my last one is one I am actually currently reading. It is the book that I got for my birthday when I went to Barnes and Noble because I go to the bookstore every year for my birthday. Hmm. And it's called Wings of Ebony by J. L. That's E L L E. And at first it took a long time to pick this. I saw it and I saw the cover art, and it was—it's purple and pink, and you got this beautiful little black uh, young black girl on the front with a hoodie, and she's holding on to her hoodie, and she's got these gold bands around her wrist. And it's got these wisp of gold kind of going in and out. And so it made me stop and look at it several times. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I want to try and see if I can find something else. So I spent a long time looking around. And then I eventually came back to this one. So I want to read to you real quick what it's about. It says, Rue's family is her whole life. Her sister Tasha, moms, and the play aunties and cousins who live in East Row, the Houston neighborhood she calls home, are her world but it is upended when the unthinkable happens. Moms is murdered, and Rue is snatched away by a father who abandoned her at birth. A father who now insists she follow him to his home, Gizon, which is, I think that's the correct pronunciation, uh, pronunciation uh, a secret country of gods who wield a powerful magic. And so I've gotten to chapter 19 already. Mm-hmm. When I first started reading, I was like, this is going to be a another bite off of children of blood and bone and Mm -hmm. And i was like i don't know for whatever reason that book holds a very special special place in in my heart and it was almost like nobody can mess with that so i had a really you were like i
0: bet right exactly
1: (laughs) So, but I love the fact that Rue is very opinionated and she is determined to find out as it says later on in the inside summary that there is a lot of other evil kind of plaguing the city of East Row and it's got it's connecting itself to the young young people. Mm-hmm. And so she's just like, you know, I've got to find a way to fix this, not only to, you know, help take care of my sister, now that our mother is gone, and Rue's really not feeling her father like <laughs> at all. Her real dad is, yeah. Who are you? <laughs> right. And so she's 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 trying to make sure she saves her hood, as it says here in this summary. And I just think it's awesome. And so I haven't been able to really put it down. Um, I've been just loving it. I didn't write in the first couple of chapters. I was in my feelings like, don't do this. <laughs> or that's what, what I said to myself later. Don't don't be like that. Yeah. And then I eventually got into it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to see what's coming next. So this one is the one I am reading right now, and I definitely recommend it. It's Wings of Ebony by J.L. Alrighty, that sounds yeah, really cool. I'm loving it. And of course, you know, I got my bookmark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Every book that I purchase always has to get a bookmark. And it's got a unicorn. coin. And I match my bookmarks with my books. Yep, call me corny, book nerd, whatever. I don't care.
0: Extra.
1: I'm extra on that. And I love it. So that's my read and recommends.
0: I have some older ones I really Goodies, though like, I wanted to find some old ones that we have in the juvenile section because they don't get as much love and I've read them and I don't know they're they're not like I don't want to I don't want this to seem disrespectful in, in any sense but they're not so cons- concerned with today's world yeah it's like a checkout book like yeah. if you just want to check
1: out yeah, and not just that, but we just lost Beverly Cleary, yeah. rest in peace. You know, those books are our childhood, yeah. you know, those that we grew up with reading in our sweet little innocence. And so our older books are not that bad. I mean, they're nostalgic, and they have some really good stories that just really do, like you said, check out.
0: Yeah, and so these are books that were published a long time ago, <laughs> to be honest, but and I mean, they look it. But I, I, something about them is like a, they're like a cozy blanket on a rainy day, you know? Yeah. Like, they are just, what, and I actually have a copy of this at home, mm-hmm. um, because one of the libraries I worked at before, we did it, and I was like, no, <laughs> I will take it. Yeah. So. As Long as I'm here, this will be here, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is called Meet the Austins by Madeline Lingle, and she is also the author of um, yeah.
1: The Wrinkle in Time yes. series. Whoa, I had a big brain fart there.
0: <laughs> this one was published in 1960, mm. and basically, it follows the Austin family. Uh, Mom is just your 1960s housewife in a sense, but she's very intelligent, very wise. Mm. The main character is
1: Well, I will say, as you're trying to find that, I will say this, though. I think I like better the way that artwork back in those days was presented on the front front cover of the book. Like, it didn't have a jacket. And so the artwork was just this little rectangle with, like, I wonder how they were able to do that, you know, like, as far as printing goes, to print it right on the front of the book. Like, was it like a an ink thing or was it like a I don't know. You know, it's I mean, since you've been looking at our new books and finding out what medium they were using,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've now just kind of looked at stuff differently. Maybe it's a stamp. Maybe it is a stamp, yeah. who knows?
0: But anyways, um so the main character of Meet the Austin's is Vicky and she has three siblings. She's the second of her four of the four children in the family. Mm-hmm. and, and her father is kind of like a town and country doctor and mm-hmm. he's always getting called to go birth a baby or something, but he has an office at their house too, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And it's a very just, it's a quiet but not quiet story at the same time. Like it's a quiet story and that there's not a lot happening mm-hmm. except for the fact that um, this little girl named Maggie has lost her parents and the family ends up taking Maggie in and Vicki does not like it vicky oh. is like she's trying to be polite yeah. you know she's not like immediately Ugh. but maggie starts to come out of her shell a little bit mm-hmm. and with that insecurity of not knowing where she's gonna land she's got some problematic behaviors mm-hmm. uh because she's just trying to test the waters you know like yeah any kid does who's like kind of like are you going to let me stay? What mm. if I do this? That kind of thing. right? And Vicky really bristles up against her. And she's like, this is not okay that you're doing this. Mm-hmm. But it's just a little, I don't know, it's a quiet story about how this family gathers around this little girl who needs help. And yeah. in the moment of need, they give her a loving place to land. Mm-hmm. And then when it's her time to move on to a new family, she they can do that in an easier transition than... Had she just been put in an orphanage or something right. like that? So oh, it's that just, does feel good. Yeah, and I can't guarantee that. You know, it's 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 just an older book that would definitely be a read aloud. Uh, I think if you're looking for something to spend time with your kids on, um, yeah. for a significant because it is it's about almost two hundred pages, one ninety one for sure, and it's just. I don't know. It's it's like the same vein of Charlotte's Web to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just quiet. There's yeah. not a lot happening, but somebody needs some help and they're willing to
1: provide it. So, yeah. I see a mother sitting in a chair next to her child's bed reading this every night, you know, as they're, you know, falling asleep. Because it seems like it would be that quiet piece that you would want as you're trying to fall asleep.
0: Yeah, there's enough hijinks to make it interesting. Yeah, But then it's just like a, it's a good story that you're not going to, it doesn't, hit on any really heavy topics okay. that you're not worried about explaining to your kid right. like at bedtime you're just like oh gosh right you know? so <laughs> the next one is a little bit heavier but it's homecoming by cynthia Voigt, and i read this as a kid and i was fascinated by it <laughs> and i well, i immediately checked out the movie from my library was like okay. and so i think i resonated with it because it's the the main character is very independent she's very self-sufficient what happens is basically the main character her name is dicey she's the oldest of four and she her mother's been struggling financially Mm. and so what happens is her mom you know wakes them up one morning she's like hey we're gonna go see one of our great aunts get in the car and let's go well they go to a shopping center before they leave town and her mom never comes back from the shopping center So, Dicey has been left behind with all of her siblings. And you don't know whether mom got in some serious harm or Mm. if mom did it intentionally. Mm. So, you're setting out with Dicey and her siblings to survive, essentially. And they actually go to find her grandmother, I think. Yeah, they actually go to find her grandmother, her mother's mother, and figure Mm. out why this happened. Maybe they can find their mom Mm. through her grandmother But it turns out her grandmother's really grieving over um, one of her uncles who passed away. Mm. And she's very set in her way. She's like Clint Eastwood grumpy. You know, like grumpy, get off my lawn, does not want anything to do with these kids. And so Dicey ends up just, you know, telling her siblings, we have to make ourselves useful here. Mm -hmm. We have to, you know, repair the mailbox. We have to do all the things so that she can see that. And eventually the ice starts melting a little bit and they kind of worm their way into their grandmother's heart and it was just fascinating i don't know what about it to me as a little kid was like so capturing but it's one of those books that i read as a little kid and i think about to this day Mm. like i think about it i have this at home and Mm. i have the second one is Dicey's song we have the companion book that's from her brother's james perspective Mm. as well so i just it's a good story about kids and coming up against something they have no control mm-hmm. over and really trying to make the best of the situation and it's hard you know there's a whole thing where she's sitting outside in the rain and trying to figure out how she's gonna feed her younger siblings yeah. so and she wow. grows up really fast and I think I just resonated with the sense of responsibility that mm. she had towards her younger siblings so yeah I don't know I just wanted to get some cozy books and yeah as weird as it sounds this one is cozy to me uh because it's what's such the a,
1: gear on that one because the other um, one was 1960 so i'd love to know this one see. Um, 1983
0: it looks like okay no
1: 19th no sorry 1981 1981 okay yeah okay so that's i i love i love old books like that i i just think that they're the ones that you definitely, if you fell in love with one as a child, it's the one that you're just not going to get rid of. That's going to be on your shelf forever, and you dare somebody to try to come in there and take it or say, mm-hmm. "We're we're we're throwing away stuff for spring cleaning. Don't you dare mess with my book," you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I am kind of of the camp that like if it doesn't get picked up, it does need to go. But these are the if they go one day, they will come to me. <laughs> um, right, and I think even the first. I was just opening the first page and looking at and it tells you so much about their relationship already. Mm-hmm. The first sentence is The woman put her sad moon face in at the window of the car. Oh, and wow. it says, You be good, she said. You hear me? You little ones, mine, what Dicey tells you. You hear? Yes, mama, they said. So, like, she's not even. Mm. The mother is not even. Introduced right. as the mother. She's right. the woman.
1: The woman. Oh, wow. So,
0: it's a little darker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I don't know. Something about it just screams childhood to me. So, yeah. I, I just wanted to recommend those because they are definitely something I've read. And, you know, if you want something yeah. that's not so...
1: Bogged down with the the nuances of the 21st century. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. And I didn't want to be like, this is just, you know, old literature that doesn't care about mental <laughs> illness. You know, that's not what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, I'd say family-friendly literature in the sense that it's, you can read it and not be so concerned about having to explain something every five minutes. Right,
1: exactly. With the
0: first one, for sure. The second yeah. one, I would say you're going to have to explain right. some things. I
1: just like them. Well... You know, we've given y'all some great pics yes. that we've got coming out. Some that have been here for a while that would love to see some love. And those that are new that bring a little bit of mystery and a little bit of sci-fi into your life. And not just that, but some inspirational stuff mm-hmm. that we think you all would enjoy. So... You know, if you got time, come on by the library. We'd love to see you come in. Let us know, too, when you come in the library, if you're listening to our podcast, if you like it, if you feel like we could do some things better (laughs) or whatever. We hope that you've been enjoying laughing along with us as we, you know, learn more about the wonderful literature that's being put out in the world. Definitely.
0: So this is our last episode of this current season. We have brought you some all kinds of different reads here, and I think we'll be picking up the microphone over the summer, but not in the same way. Okay. Um, Yeah, we're going to take a break for the summer. We've got a lot of summer library programming to worry about. A whole lot. it's going to be an interesting situation with COVID restrictions and everything, but I hope you guys would look forward to it. Stay yes. tuned because we do have some interesting news coming up Yay. about our summer library programming. And so, until then, we'll see you guys. And see ya. Thanks for rocking with us for yes. this long. Yeah, we'll see you in season two. two. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. right. Bye. Bye.